Hi, welcome back to the Lift and Glow Fitness Podcast. My name is Hayley and I'm here to help you improve your habits, improve your health and build next level confidence. And I want you to do this without hating every second of the process. I am all about living your best life while working towards your goals. So if you do enjoy listening to this podcast, please could I ask you a favour? It would really be helpful for me if you could subscribe to the channel, if you could leave me a little review and or share this with your friends who you think it could also help. This will be so helpful for me and I will be forever grateful. Also, if you'd like to know a little bit more about how I can help you specifically further, if you would like me to coach you online or you want to work with me at the gym, then just send me a DM on Instagram. You will find my handle in the show notes. So for now, I will leave you there, but I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening. Hi, welcome back. So we are here for another Confidence Club check-in. Now, first of all, before we begin, if you are listening to this on the podcast and you are not sure what the Confidence Club is, it is my online group coaching program. And it is for women who want to look and feel their best without sacrificing everything that they love in life. If you listen to this podcast and you think, you know what, I want to, I want to get involved in this, send me a DM on Instagram and I will send you some more information about it. Now, on to the check-in. We have got so much to get through. So if I'm talking a million miles an hour, I have to apologize. I just want to try and get us through as much as possible um, without keeping you waiting for, for hours and hours. So first of all, I'm going to go through the wins like I always do. I'm going to start with Ashley. Ashley stayed on track with everything and she felt really good for it. She got her steps by going in, going for her walks on her lunch breaks. Um, and she even did two jogs. She said that she got her three workouts in as well. She felt really determined over the last week. Now, previously, the week before, Ashley really struggled. So it just goes to show some weeks we struggle. Some weeks things go really, really well. So we just have to take those tough weeks when they come. And we just like literally live up and lap up those really good weeks. So well done, Ashley. I'm glad you had a good one. Um, Jane is celebrating making herself get a workout done when really she just wanted to chill out on the sofa. Megan got four workouts in and then also a hike. She said that she planned and completed boring tasks as well. Um, so she's got a fresh week coming up so that she can focus on herself. Katie said that she missed workout three last week. So she made sure that she got it done this morning um, and she's feeling good for that. And she's set up that she's set herself up for a good week this week. Chelsea got five non-assisted pull-ups and is having a good week in terms of business, signing up a new client. Um, Heather said she felt very prepared and in control of her nutrition. She's been on shifts this week. By the way, if anyone works shifts, make sure you drop a message in the group chat because Heather is your gal for shift workers. Um, she said that she's not had any slumps or cravings. Sleep has been better this week too. And she says that her kids have slept in their own beds, which is literally hallelujah vibes for Heather. Paula said that she's had a lot on this week, but she got her three workouts in. And instead of feeling sorry for herself, she knew that it would be better to just get it done. And she did. So well done. Um, Clara said she's been feeling more in control of her nutrition. She went out on Friday, didn't go overboard with alcohol, and she never uh, killed herself off with the hangover either. So she stayed on it and stayed health-focused through her hangover. She said that she feels like she is starting to make better choices. So all the things that we've been teaching over the last few weeks since Clara joined um, are really starting to set in. She said that even yesterday she had a late breakfast, so it was more like a brunch, so that she could eat out later on in the day. She also said that when she ate out, she made a healthy choice of getting a tuna steak niçoise salad. 
niçois, I know how to say that, um, instead of a roast. Even though a roast's not like a particularly bad thing, obviously it's going to be higher in calories. Some roast dinners can be 1,500 calories, depending on what's on them. So well done there, Clara. And then Rachel, i got to be honest, your um, win gave me goosebumps and I'm going to make this the last win of the week. Rachel said that her daughter, who is 12, um, came on a couple of walks with her, which is a win in itself because her daughter is approaching those teenage years and, and um, she, obviously the teenage moody years. And she said it was lovely to have the bonding time with her. Now, I often talk about how going for a walk is with somebody is like a really good way to be active, but also bond and communicate, especially over difficult things. And Rachel said she had a um, serious conversation, a few serious conversations um, which were needed with her daughter um, and her daughter was able to express her feelings. And when you go for a walk, it was my friend who told me this, who works in like mental health. And she said that when you're walking and talking about difficult sub um, subjects, it's much easier for the person to offload and also for things to be processed. It's not as intense as like sitting face to face and one-on-one. -on -one. So I love, love, love that you got your daughter along to stay active. And I love that you chose that time to really talk about things. She will have been more open. Um, and it, it like sounds like it went well, the conversation overall. So I'm really, really happy about that. It really did give me goosebumps. And she also said that they walked to the shop and they ended up buying too much stuff. And um, so she just like, oh, no, we've got too much stuff. We've got to walk home with it. But she just threw it in a big heavy bag and threw it over her shoulder. And her daughter said, yeah, well, you lift weights, so you'll be fine with that. And she was right. Rachel was fine with it. And she said that it's lovely to know that she's watching her mama get strong. I feel like I am setting an example. I'm getting goosebumps again. Um, it made me a little bit emotional that I have to be honest because I just think it's lovely. Like it's a lovely win. Um, you've included your daughter in being act inactive. Your daughter is recognizing that you're taking care of yourself. You're setting a really lovely example for her. And I just think that it's just lovely. Like it's just a lovely, lovely win. So thank you very much for sharing that with me and with the rest of the girls. Oh, hang on, let me just say Melanie's. Melanie's is that she got herself into the next stone bracket. She's got 12 pounds to go to get back to her pre-baby weight. So Melanie's not long as a baby and she's uh, lost another two pounds this week. She says that she never feels like she's on a diet when she does the Confidence Club plan. Again, that made me really happy. So girls, thank you so much. There was lots of other amazing wins, honestly, with so many check-ins in the end this week. So there's loads of wins that I've missed off, but we'll move on to the struggles. Okay, so first one is someone said, I still drank too much wine. Um, so can we make a little wine rule? Now, if you're someone who drinks wine often, obviously it's going to have an impact on your calories because a bottle of wine is 600 calories. I used to be someone who drank a bottle of wine before I left the house for a night out. Um, so we need to try and think about if we're going to be drinking wine all night, it's not going to be the best use of our calories, okay? So can we have like a little wine rule? Can there be a little limit? What about a one or two wine limit? And then you move on to something that's a little bit lower in calories like gin, slim, vodka slim, um, where it is just a single shot and you know, you're know you only going to have 60 calories per drink then. If you have um, a double every time, then that's going to be 120 calories per drink and then you may as well have drunk wine, okay? So have a little think about can you put that in place and can you actually stick to it? The, I've said, can you? The answer is yes, you can. It's all about whether you are 
um, actually going to do it. You are fully capable of doing it. Nothing's like forcing you to carry on drinking the wine. And remember, like if we're getting peer pressured from other people, we just need to stay firm in what we want to do and move on to something else if you don't want to drink that wine. The next struggle was I found going to a barbecue challenging. Now, I don't think about, I actually spoke to a gym um, client who I'm coaching one-on-one today. And she said that she found tracking a barbecue challenging. Now, I'm surprised by this because barbecue is typically meat and fish on the barbecue. Okay, so there's burgers, there's hot dogs, there's chicken, there's steaks, there's fish. Um, so basically we can have a big load of protein. And then I would just say, just have a big load of salad and one portion of carbs, whether that be rice, whether that be potatoes, whether that be a bun, whether that be a pasta. And so just stick to that. Like there's going to be lots of barbecues. The weather's fucking stunning. Um, I could smell barbecues all around ours at the weekends. And I don't think a barbecue is that difficult to, to, to track. And I don't think it's that difficult to actually eat healthy at a barbecue. Choose a couple of pro- high protein options, ideally like fish and chicken or beef and chicken and beef and fish or whatever. Um, you know, I wouldn't really, if it, if I was trying to um be be uh, reserved with my calories, I probably wouldn't have like a hot dog or something higher in fat like that. I would literally choose like meat and then I'd have one portion of carb, whether that be bread, rice, pasta, etc., and a big load of salads. So I do think that you can eat high protein at a barbecue. The next problem is obviously alcohol at that barbecue um, because I feel like barbecues, like Pim's, Aperol weather, which again, one or two, have that rule, one or two, and then move on to something lower in calories. The next struggle is a really common one. And I know that people struggle with this and I know a lot of people don't do this. And it's taking progress pictures to get started. Now, I fully get, I don't like taking progress pictures of myself. I don't like it. But, they're not for anybody else to see. They're only for you to see your progress. Now you're uploading them to the app, but not one other soul other than me and you can see them. And I don't go digging through your progress pictures. Um, so the people who often don't take progress photos regret it. So they'll often regret not taking them because they'll see that the clothes are hanging off them. They'll see these muscles popping out their arms or the legs and be like, oh, I wish I could remember what I was like last time. Like I can't even imagine it. And I know that because I have conversations with women every day in the gym and who are working with me online who were really resistant at taking photos initially and they wish that they'd take them, taken them now. It's not nice when you're doing it in the present moment, especially if you're unhappy with how you look and how you feel. But it's a starting point. It's not, it's nothing other than a starting point. It's for you to be able to look back in a couple of months time and see how far you've come. My advice would be take the photos. Don't critique them. Just literally take the photos, upload them, delete them from your phone if you want. And then in a few months, take more and see how far you've come. I'm not saying take photos every week. I would say take photos once every four weeks um, and less than that if you really want to you don't need to be taking photos every week you're not going to see big changes each week but my sort of my sort of like advice there would be you know what bite the bullet take them they don't have to go anywhere no one has to see them even if you don't want to upload them to the app don't a lot of people don't do that and just keep them on your phone in a little hidden folder and just look look back at them in a few weeks i've got clients of mine who are made up that two years ago they took their photos because now they are comparing them and like whoa and it's like insane 
Okay. Um, and as you can see, obviously I share a few transformations, but that is like a tiny, tiny percentage of the amount of people that I've helped. There's a tiny, tiny percentage of transformations that I share because I've been like given permission to share them. So there's so many other people who have kept it all private and that's fine with me. I'm not doing this for, for me to plaster transformations, for me to plaster nudes everywhere. I know that that's a great marketing tool, but that's not why I do this. I do this because I genuinely want to help people and I really, really love helping women become the, the healthiest, happiest, and most confident version of themselves. So by all means, keep them private if you really want to, okay? Okay, so next one is, I feel this, um, the sunny weather making everyone want to go for a drink, but on the upside, I was the driver on one occasion and I only had three drinks on the other. So this is... um. It definitely turned into a win. She said that Sunday was invite. She was invited to a beer garden, but she stayed in the garden with the kids and um barbecued. She had barbecue, so she had chicken. So she turned the struggle into a win. Obviously, with this weather, people turn into like every weekend is holiday mode when we've got a sunny weekend. And I get it. On Friday, I got sucked into it. It was sunny. Me and Fran, Fran had an early finishing work. So I finished work early. Uh, we went for food. We had a few drinks, but that's something that we very rarely do. And we loved it. We really, really enjoyed ourselves. But we can't be doing that every single weekend. Like we we can't, we won't be doing that every single weekend. Um, If we do, we'll have one or two and then stop there. Like We can't be every single weekend gets sucked into big boozy weekends because it just will have an impact, especially if you are trying to lose weight. If you're not trying to lose weight, if you're just doing this to like, you know, just to kind of tick over and to just have healthy habits and feel better about yourself overall, by all means drink every weekend, but just know you can't expect weight loss if you're going to go over your calories every single weekend. Um, Another one is another summer struggle, to be honest. And I do get this, but I think my problem is the nighttime because I go to bed at like nine o'clock and it's broad daylight. Like last night I was like, Fran, it is literally broad daylight. So this person said, I probably say my sleep. I have been having really good quality sleep, but not a lot of it. I don't think the early sunrise is helping as I wake up well before my alarm is due to go off. And then I end up needing a nap throughout the day or I doze off on the couch in the evening. Now... I used to be someone who napped and then I watched a podcast on sleep and I can't even remember who it was. I think it was Matthew Walker on The Diary of a CEO. And um, napping can actually make your sleep quality a little bit worse. So my advice would be to try and stay up if you can. So I used to be like that. I used to get on the couch and have a little a little half hour uh, when I was struggling and, and I won't let myself do that now. I try and keep myself up and keep myself moving. And then I'll just go to bed a bit earlier that night if I'm feeling really tired. So napping can actually make sleep worse. So if you find yourself always napping in the afternoon, but then you're always waking up early in the morning, then you might find that that nap is actually stealing some of your sleep from the evening. Like, I, I don't think he uses that term, stealing your sleep, but I think it it's messing with your sleep rhythm a little bit so this is obviously i've just heard this from matthew walker who is a sleep expert so i do quite trust what he's saying but from what i understand napping can actually affect your sleep in the evening so i would suggest not napping if you can and just try and make sure that you're getting yourself to bed a little bit earlier it's not really a bad thing to wake up before your alarm if i'm honest but it just means that you probably need to go to bed a little bit earlier 
actually think it's good to wake up before your alarm. Um, but it might be frustrating for you. Here's some things that I would potentially do. Now, this has got nothing to do with health and fitness, so this is really random. But blackout curtains. Now we've got blackout curtains because I we go to bed literally in broad daylight. Um, we need blackout curtains. So I close the blinds and have my blackout curtains on. Um, and then also I don't do this, but an eye mask is something that I definitely considered. Um, and I know that is really helpful for a lot of people. So just have an eye mask and then it'll be pitch black until you decide to get up. So give that a little go. I do think though, having an eye mask, I reckon it would be harder for me to wake up in the morning because I'd be like from pitch black to broad daylight. But I do think that it would help you stay asleep. So nothing to do with fitness there, but some little tips for getting better sleep. Um, Somebody said that their first workout on Monday was weirdly, weirdly. I can't talk to the girls. I'm having one of those days where I need like a tongue transplant or something. I keep saying weird stuff, weirdly, weirdly. Anyway, Monday was weirdly harder than usual. My arms were like spaghetti and the weights I normally use felt like they weighed a ton. My energy was just sapped. I think it's because I had a few drinks late night the previous Saturday. So I was shattered on Sunday, which fed into Monday. Now this can definitely affect you. And this is another reason why alcohol can hold us back a little bit. I'm not saying don't drink, al drink alcohol. I'm not puritanical. I just told you that I drank um, on Friday night, like I do drink alcohol. It's not a massive part of my life, but it is a part of my life. I do enjoy a drink. Um, and I'm not saying stop drinking alcohol altogether, but this is just something to be aware of. It can potentially affect your energy levels. And then because it affects your energy levels, it can potentially affect um, how you perform in your workout. That is just normal. Um, I think the main thing that you can take from this is that even though you weren't feeling 10 out of 10, even though you weren't feeling great, you still got through your workout. Yes, your weights felt heavy. Yes, you felt zapped. Energy was low, but you still got through it and you still did it. And I think that that's actually a win. Um, I think that a lot of the time when we wake up and we're feeling really tired and sluggish because we've had a, a late night um, and a hangover the day before, I think that a lot of us would just go, oh, fuck it, I can't be bothered today. I'm just going to chill. You actually got up and you did it. And I think that that is a win. Not every workout will be your best, but it does matter and it does count when you show up and you do something. So well done. Turn that struggle into a win, my love. Next struggle we have, I had a baby shower. Everything is alcohol related. I had this baby shower on Sunday and ended up drinking more than I wanted to. I have a christening next Sunday and I'm finding it really hard to keep on track with the social events and having alcohol. Next weekend, I think I'm just going to stick to spirits and local mixer, not Prosecco, which I had yesterday. Now, first of all, Prosecco is a low-calorie drink. I think it's about 90 calories per glass, which isn't bad. Maybe it's less. I haven't drank Prosecco in a while, but I think it's roughly about that. So it's not bad. If you put your Prosecco in my fitness pal in advance, all you then need to do on the day is make sure that, say, like if you put in, I'm going to have five Proseccos. I've got 500 calories there for Prosecco. I'm going to have five of them. Once you've had your fifth, it's then up to you to move on and not drink anymore. And you only had 500 calories for alcohol saved. So you've got to use that and then go back, go, go on to Diet Coke or water. Um, So I think it is hard once you start drinking to lose track. But if you plan it in advance, right, I'm going to have five and then stop there. Obviously, it's difficult to do when you are drunk, but that's just the kind of, you know, an option that you, you could do, like give yourself a limit and then actually stick to that limit. Or you could just start on local, uh, start on spirits and sugar-free mixers. So not low-calorie mixers, 
zero drinks, diet Coke is the only one you are getting anywhere. If you ask for diet lemonades, they are giving you full fat lemonades. So the water is something that people have their vodka with or their gin with. Um, like say if you add gin, soda water and like fresh lemon in it or fresh fruit in it, that is actually quite nice. Um, and then also some lime tonic too is another option. Some people have lime and soda or blackcurrant soda, but obviously you do have calories in the cordial. If it's strong, you know, then they can, they can add up. But, you know, it's just something to think about. If you are going to have like a vodka diet Coke, that is going to be like 60 calories per drink. So you'll get more drinks in the day for the amount of calories. So say if you had 500 calories, you could have like, I mean, oh my gosh, my maths is terrible. So say you had 600 calories, you could have 10 vodka diet Cokes if they were single vodka diet Cokes. So that 10 drinks is going to last you a little bit longer throughout the day if it's a whole day of drinking. That's just kind of my way of looking at it. Um, So it's Prosecco is low in calories. Don't get me wrong, but not when you have 10 glasses of it. That's 900 calories. So just have a little, maybe think about your choices. Obviously, you go into a christening next Sunday um, and, you know, maybe pre-plan like how many vodkas are you going to have how many are you actually going to have and then stick to it and then move on one thing that you could do to make it last longer is have a vodka diet coke and then the next one just have a diet coke or a water then a vodka diet coke and then a water do you know what i mean and alternate your drinks sometimes i do that if i don't want to get white girl wasted um and ruin my life <laughs> on a big long day of drinking let me just have a sip of water speaking of drinking my dog is going off red in the garden there and I know Fran's just gone out and she's just barking. I don't know if you can hear her, but never mind. Anyway, um, this is the final struggle. So this next one, I think that we, I looked at this person's, I'm not going to say the name because it's a struggle, but I looked at this person's account on the app um, just to check what she's been up to, what she's been doing. So she said her struggle is that she's not being she's not losing weight, but I am not getting too hung up on it like I used to be. I know I have tried my best. Okay, so first of all, I can't see what is happening with your weight as it's not on the app. You are like from what I can see. Let me actually just I might have been telling a bad lie there, but from what I can see, I can't see any weight inputted on your app. So I can't see when the last time you um lost weight was now. So the last time, last weigh-in I've got from you is on the 20th of March. Um, so I can't see what has happened with your weight over the last few weeks or the last couple of months. So I can't then see like whether it's normal or whether we've had fluctuations. Um, and so I can't really see what's been happening. I did have a little look at your nutrition and I do think there is a few things that you could be doing better. First of all, going back to the scale weight. One thing that a lot of people do to get used to the fluctuations on the scales, because listen, girls, if we always weigh ourselves on a Sunday or Monday morning, we're always going to weigh a little bit heavier. Most of us will eat out or eat a little bit more indulgent foods of a weekend. That's typically how 90% of my clients work. They'll have like less good quality food, less nutritious food of a weekend and then they go and weigh themselves on Sunday morning or Monday morning and be like oh what the fuck I've not lost weight or oh we've put on a pound and one of the things that I say to people is don't always weigh yourself the day after you've been eating even if you've stayed within your calories but you might have had a big pasta maybe you had a Chinese maybe you drank some alcohol maybe your sleep's been shite over the weekend um so 
always weighing yourself on that Sunday or that Monday. Sometimes you're not catching your low weight. So try and weigh yourself multiple times throughout the week. A lot of my one-on-one coaching clients weigh themselves every day. And then we will see throughout the week, the weight goes down every day up until Friday. And then it does a little peak and then it goes down again. But over time, we do see that downward trend. Um, So even though we have those little speed bumps, we always see a downward trend over time. So maybe if you are only weighing yourself on a Monday morning or a Sunday morning, you're missing your low weights. Um, When I had a little look at this person's like nutrition, from what I can see, you are over on your calories quite a lot. So you were over on your calories last week, a couple of days, the week before a couple of days, and the week before that, a few days, and by quite a lot. So we can't expect the calories. To, and there's also gaps, okay? So there's weekends missing. So I'm not surprised your weight isn't moving because I can't see any consistency when it comes to staying within your calorie target. For the week that just gone, um, you went over on your calories and it was only slightly, but on Wednesday and Friday and Sunday, you went over your calories. On Saturday, it only looks like half of your day has been tracked and you only hit your protein on three days out of seven last week. So I think when it comes to your nutrition, there's lots of things that you could be working on and doing a little bit better. So you're over your calories on quite a few days and your protein is quite low. If your protein is low, you're not going to be managing your hunger as best you can. So I think that we really need to increase protein and we need to really consider how accurate is your tracking. Uh, Is everything accurately tracked? Are you weighing oil, butter, milk, sugar, um, cheese? Is all of that going in? Is that all being accounted for? What about your coffees? What about your teas? What about when your kids finish their tea and you finish their chips? What about if your kids had a little bit of cereal and you finish that? Like, what about all those BLTs, Kimberly likes to call them, bites, licks, and tastes? What about all of those things? Are they being accounted for? When your kid finishes their food, put the rest of it in the bin. You don't have to finish it. All of this stuff is everything accounted for. And then from what I can see, everything isn't accounted for because we've got gaps on weekends. So two weeks ago, Saturday and Sunday are both empty and you had two really high car days before that. And then the week um, before that, we've got Sunday empty. And then the week just gone, we've got Saturday, only half a day tracked. This isn't consistency overall. Like I can see where there's probably things going a little bit wrong and I can understand from looking at those graphs why your weight might not be moving. So try weighing yourself daily. And then also we need to get a little bit more consistent with this nutrition, staying within your calories. We are over calories quite a lot and we do have quite a lot of gaps in um in your, we have quite a lot of gaps in your week, okay? And then the final thing is obviously protein is really low. So that tells me your, your appetite is not being well-managed it is, you, you are really getting over 70, 80 grams. Your protein is really low. In the last month, so since May began, you've got one, two, three, four, five days out of 22 days in the yellow. And it goes yellow when you get over 100 grams of protein, okay? Every other day is in the gray, meaning it's too low. So I think there's definitely more work that you could be doing when it comes to your nutrition, okay? So, you're doing your steps because I've looked at that. You're obviously exercising. The main driver of weight loss, everybody needs to be aware of this. The main driver of weight loss is your nutrition. If that is not on point, we can't expect weight loss and we can't get frustrated with the journey. You said that you are trying your best. I can, you know, that is good that you are trying your best, but we can't 
um, expect weight loss doing what you're doing. We need something needs to give. I don't think that you're managing hunger as well as you can. That means that you're going over your calories quite a lot because you're probably feeling hungry. Also think about things that are going to be filling but are also really low in calories, like lots and lots of fruit and veggies. Low in calories, high in volume, make the tummy nice and full. Um, so just a few things to think about. By the way, all of that is like constructive feedback for you to learn and for everybody else to learn. It's not me like slating yet, leathering yet. I always feel bad when I like go through some stuff. I'm like, this is wrong, this is wrong. But it's all cut. It's um, the, I'm saying this with love, and I just want you, I want you to do well. So I know that you've said that you're trying your best, but I feel that you could do better. Um, okay, moving on to questions, and we do have quite a few, so I'll try and fly through a little. See, I can't talk. I'll try and fly through them. Um, This one, I was waiting for this. I've been waiting for a question like this for a good few weeks. And I've got to be honest, I listened to a podcast by, um, she's not technically my mentor, but I do see her as one of my mentors. She she uh, wrote the nutrition course that I do. And she did a podcast. Her name is Amelia Thompson. And I will put the link for the podcast in the group chat because I feel like anybody who is wondering about this because you've seen the rise of the glucose goddess and people really hyping her up who really don't even understand the science themselves. Um, so I think that I cannot cannot explain it any better than Amelia. So I want you to listen to the podcast if you are unsure on this, okay? So this question is, what impact does snacking on sugar have to do to glucose levels in the body? What I am trying to ask, I guess, is other than it's not as nutritious to have sweet stuff as snacks, um, can snacking on sweet stuff have other impacts on the body? So if anybody, I think that this question is coming from the stuff that the glucose goddess shares. And I am well aware that there are PTs at the moment who are really on in this hype of the glucose goddess and are telling their clients uh, not to have sweet breakfasts, um, not to snack on sweet stuff and they are using the glucose glucose goddesses are evidence as like evidence like bypassing that and sharing their posts and stuff so I do get it and I understand the confusion the reason I haven't spoke about this is because I did listen to the glucose goddess goddesses podcast on the diary of a CEO which is why this is all gone boom at the moment um, and when I was reading it I was like when I was watching it I was just like I just really don't I don't believe this and I haven't spoke on I spoke on it because I haven't looked into the research myself all I have done is listen to people who I trust about this Amelia being one of them so I think this is coming from the glucose goddess and all I can say is you don't need to worry about this okay all you need to think about is how snacks fill you. You don't need to worry about your glucose spikes unless if you're just an average healthy woman who is not like diabetic or ha has any other issues where, where um, glucose spikes are like affecting you like health wise, you don't need to monitor your glucose, glucose levels and you do not need to. Uh, worry about them spikes are completely normal glucose spikes happen throughout our day and are completely normal this um obsession with glucose spikes and glucose glucose levels is another um kind of it's another fad okay it is just another thing that is out there to sell books and to confuse people who are just trying to look after the, the health and well-being honestly 
like the people who I who I coach use are all just normal women living busy, stressful lives. You do not need to add another element to your busy life and your full brains. And you don't need to worry about your glucose levels. Glucose spikes are completely normal. They happen all of the time. Amelia explains this absolutely perfectly. And I will share the podcast in the group chat. All you need to think about when it comes to snacks is, you know, how is this going to fill you? Um, Sweet stuff is, is, I don't think that we should, every single snack should be something like really sweet. Um, I don't think that every single snack should be chocolate or jellies. I do feel like we should be having high protein snacks and I feel like we should be having things like fruit and veg and stuff like that. I think we do have a bit of room for a bit of chocolate. If you want that to be every day, then it can be a small amount every day. If you want to have chocolate once a week or a couple of times a week, then obviously you've got a bit more room for more. I often speak about this client who we used to have, who used to use 500 calories a day on chocolate. And we spent a lot of time building that down, down, down until it just became 200 calories a day. And then we started getting rid of it out of a few days a week and then just reduced it down to two days a week where she could enjoy it. So sweet stuff it's it's obviously not going to fill you the most you're gonna you're gonna have like a bit of a sugar rush which is you know glucose spike you're gonna have a bit of a sugar rush and then potentially a bit of a crash which mean, means you might need more you you might crave more so often when you eat a little bit of chocolate you want a little bit more as well so it, it can when you do have something sweet it can lead to you wanting to eat more because like it's increasing those cravings um, but you don't need to worry about it in terms of like glucose levels. Like it's just not something that you need to be um, worrying your mental capacity with unless you are somebody who needs to monitor their glucose for their health. And if that is you, you will know that. Okay. Um, so you don't need to worry about it. You need to think instead about how it, how are your snacks going to nourish you? How are they going to fill you? How are they in line with your goals? How are they in line with your values? If you really value that bit of chocolate with a cup of tea at the end of the day, girl, you fucking enjoy, okay? If you want that little bit of chocolate every day at 11 o'clock to get you through the workday, then you enjoy it. But not if it's taking up tons and tons of your calories every day. If it's a small amount every day, then that's fine. You don't need to panic about these things. I would say try and get 80, 90% of your food from nutritious, healthful foods and get a little bit, get a little bit of good, get a little bit of the sugar, a little bit of the good stuff from whatever you want, but make sure it's very much majority healthful foods and just a little bit of the sweet stuff. Okay. I hope that helps. Next question is, do you have any body weight workouts for days when when I am away, when there is no access to a gym? So if you go to the cardio library, it has lots and lots of body, body weight workouts. If you don't have access to the cardio library, just send me a message and I'll make sure that it's added to your account because I might have forgot the odd person um, just, just in like the bulk edit thing. So there is high impact and low impact and they are all body weight. So have a little look. There are some there. Next question is, I've been using the same weights for shoulder presses for a while, 12.5. By the way, love, that is very strong. So go you. Whoop, whoop. Um, lots of the girls in the gym, like not many girls in the gym, shall I say, are using 12.5 dumbbells for shoulder presses. I can't seem to increase them and I can't hit 15 reps. How can I increase the weight or the reps? I'd say 12 is the maximum, but I am getting more eight to 10. You know what? Stick with it. That is literally all I'm going to say. 
12.5 pushing above your head is super strong. Like, I hope you realize how strong you are. Some of the strongest women in my gym are, are on 12.5s and have been for over 12 months. Same for me, to be honest, depending on how many reps we're doing. So stick with it. It's not the time to increase. 12.5 is super, super strong and just stick with it. One way that you can get stronger on them is just more control. So as you push up, slowly down, three, two, one. Keep it really slow and really controlled. Try not to use your legs for momentum because then we're relying on the legs to like jolt us up. Try and keep them strict and nice and controlled, okay? Eventually, you will get to that 15 reps. It's not going to be quick. It will take a long time. This is the hardest lift. Pushing weight above your head is the hardest and weakest lift that you will do, weakest compound lift that you will do. Um, so this is actually really, really good, and I'm really fucking proud of you for getting there. And just stick with it. You might be there for a while, and that's okay. Okay? We're not going to see, especially when you get to your level. Like, I was speaking to this, uh, I was speaking to someone in the gym about this the other day. It's that like right now for me, for me to see gains in my strength, it's very, very slow and it's very, very frustrating. Like my squats, really, I haven't made much progress on them in a long time. But when I first started out, I went from 30 to 40 so, so quickly, 40 to 50 super quickly, 50 to 60 quickly, stuck at 60 for a good while. Then that started getting comfortable and I got past that and Everything just gets, the stronger you get, the slower your progress becomes. Otherwise, otherwise, we'd all be lifting like 20, 30 kilos above our head. Like I've been training for 10 years. I'd, I'd be I'd be an absolute hulk by now. Um, but realistically, things like the speed at which you progress slows down the longer that you've been training. So it's not a bad thing. This is just part of the process. 12.5 is really fucking strong. Go you, hun. Right, is there a similar alternative to hip thrust? I feel like in the gym, the step isn't always available for me to use unless there is a machine variation that I am not aware of. Also, the barbells in my gym, I could put under my legs. No, I can't put under my legs because they are not the big disc ones. They are like fat-ended ones. So I struggle to get a heavy weight in one place. I hope that makes sense. Okay, so first of all, you have to set up them barbells. So the barbells with the big plates on, that is just an empty barbell. I need to do more content on this. I know I do. Um, I do have a content day coming up. So this is the stuff I'm going to work on. The big, long, empty barbells and you physically put the plates on. Now, I know that girls stay comfortable with the... That was really like... I said, I know that girls, because also lads do as well. I know that people who are a little bit less confident in the gym try and stay comfortable with those barbells with the big blocks on the on the ends. And I've got to be honest, I used to do that as well um, because it was just easier. But if we are doing things like hip thrust and bridge, it is much better to get a proper an empty barbell and then stack your plates on. The barbells themselves usually weigh 15 to 20 kilos. Most of them 20 kilos. Some of them are 15. And then you put on like 10 aside to make it 40. And then you can put more on. And that's how like we we progress. Um, so you have to set up a barbell and get a barbell pad as well, obviously. So it th this does make perfect sense, by the way. So thank you for that. But at your, your gym, most gyms do have a barbell. Let me see who actually said this. Um, I'm not going to read you out, but I just want to see what gym you're in. Um, okay, yeah, m most gyms will have this. Um, 
Oh my gosh. We'll have a barbell that you can make up. So you have to make it up. Okay. Alternatively, your next um the next thing that you could do is do a glute bridge. So a glute bridge is where you lie flat. So if your bench or your box is not available, then lie flat and do a glute bridge. You don't always have to use a step or a box. You could use like a bench, um, like a decline bench from the gym, or you could use like an exercise step with plates stacked under. There's loads of different setups. You could use a stack of plates. There's lots of different setups. Again, this is something that I probably need to do more content on. So um, I hear you and I will um, try and put some together to share more. But a glute bridge is an alternative. And then lots of gyms, I know all of the pure gyms have a hip drive machine. And that's where it's basically you get into the machine. It's got a big pad and you thrust with that. Um, that's, that is really good. It helps with the setup. So that is a possibility too, depending on what gym you're in. Um, so give that a little go. I will send a picture of the hip drive in the group chat. Okay. And then next question is having willpower around alcohol. And my only, I'm just going to say one line. Think of the future you. What's the future you want? We can't rely on willpower. We need to think of the future you. Pause for a second. Think about what you really want most. So do I want to drink this seventh cocktail? How will I feel tomorrow? Is this in line with my goals? Think about it. Are you better sticking to singles and diet drinks? Alcohol's hard once you get going. I know, I know what I'm like. The party girl comes out and I just want to carry on. Um, but we do have to learn when to stop, especially if we want to um manage our calorie intake and not have too bad of a hangover the next day. Next question with the supersets in the workouts, are we better to stick at a weight that we can do 10 reps with, or are we best to try and increase the weight and do less reps? So I want you to try and increase the weight and try and hit 10 reps. But if you fail before, that's fine. If you're failing at four, five or six, you've gone too heavy. But if you're failing at eight, stick with that weight until you can get 10. So I do want you to try and progress. Like don't stay comfortable doing 10 reps and just like, oh, we'll ever try the next one. I definitely won't get it. How do you know you won't get it unless you try? People often get really surprised. Like someone will do 10 reps in the gym and I'm like, right, let's try this one. Like, oh, there's no way I'll do that. And then they just do 10 more. So I want you to try the heavier weight. If you can only do four, five or six, it's too heavy. So just go back down. But if you can do eight reps, stick with that until you, do, until you can do 10. And I bet you surprise yourself. I bet you'll be able to get 10. Final question. By the way, I have to say thank you so much for all of these check-ins and all of these questions. This is my favorite thing to do all week, honestly. Um, so final question, and this is a really good one because, I, and I get it, is two liters of water enough plus coffee and juice or should I be aiming for two and a half a day? I struggle with the two and a half on weekends. I normally get 1.5 to two liters as I'm up later and about out and about. Haven't always got access to water or a toilet. Um, two liters is more than enough. Okay, more than enough. Two liters is more than enough, especially if you're including, if you're on top of that is coffee and juice and also your food as well. Food contains a lot of water. Um, so Two litres is more than enough. That one was nice and simple. Girls, thank you as always for being amazing. I love you all and I will catch up you all in the group chat. See you soon.
Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Lift and Glow Fitness Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or took anything away from it, please make sure that you share it with a friend. It really does help. And if there's anything that you would like me to talk about or discuss in further detail on the podcast, then make sure you let me know. Also, if you want to know more about working with me, you can send me a DM on Instagram. You will find me at PT. Thank you again for listening and I will speak to you all again soon. Bye.